Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This is a Little Empire podcast. Visit us at littleempirepodcast.com and on Twitter at littleempirepod. Are you going to play that dastardly intro again? Ow! This movie's still fine. Zicoli 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 you forget that films are supposed to have a point hello everybody and welcome to the worst idea of all time christmas edition merry I, christmas happy holidays i would like to wish everybody in the world not just our listeners but everyone everyone who's out there who's alive today Season's greetings to you all. Happy holidays, um, and uh, and and that's our show. Thank you very much for tuning in to the worst idea. Have a, have a great time out there. Stay safe on the roads. Always stay safe on the roads. But beyond yeah. that, I would recommend staying safe on the sidewalk. Stay safe in your house. Stay safe uh, at your friends' houses, uh, extended families' houses. Stay safe when you're riding a horse. Stay safe when mowing the lawns. Uh, stretch before you run or don't. But yeah, um, and if if you're in airplanes, you want to do those exercises so you don't get uh, deep thrain vombo. No, that's not it. Deep yes, vein it thrombosis. Deep thrain vombosis. That's deep exactly thrain vombosis is. is where you get to an altitude when you've been drinking too much because it's the holiday season and you start puking at ten thousand feet in the air. Oh, have you ever thrown up on a plane? I think maybe once years ago, like as a, as a kid. Um, I thought you were going to say as a goof. It's <laughs> <laughs> for a laugh. Do you remember that flight that we took in between uh, the west and east coasts of the United States? That was like, that was the scariest flight I've ever been on in my life. I got pretty pretty close to vomiting on that. It was, uh, it was the middle was of that- the night and you just fell asleep. And it was about, I don't know, whatever it is, six hours of just non-stop pretty intense turbulence. I Yeah, I find um, the turbulence gently rocks me to sleep. In the same way, in the bed I sleep in, I've mm. hired an army of um, of just, not just like people who are just five foot, exactly five foot. I got about four of them, or I have a, a rotation where there's four of them, and they just sort of rock my bed and make plane noises to help me sleep. It is odd. It's an odd yeah. use of your money. It is. It's it's really expensive. I, um, I just um I feel like we need to take a quick step back and establish some surroundings. First of all, old Guybo and Tim Tim are in different places at the moment. I'm uh, in the Little Empire Studios in Auckland. And Guy, where are you? I am in the Little Montgomery Empire in Christchurch. That is to say, my childhood room. Oh, is that where you were? I thought you were further down the line. You're in Chicha. Nah, nah, Bolt. I'm in my How family house. See, I always wonder about this. Because, um, also, welcome to The Worst Idea of All Time, a podcast in which Guy and myself watch and review the same movie uh, for a year. Um, we just watched We Are Your Friends for the 27th time. But the question yeah. you were asking, Tim. Well, I find it interesting because my parents move house a lot. So I think I did a count up the other day and they've they've lived in something like nine or 10 or maybe 11 different properties since I was born. 
So I don't have any of that sense of, like going back to your childhood Rome, is that a real trip out? Is that nostalgic and weird? Uh, yes and no. No, because it has been, like I'm in my childhood room, but I'm definitely not in my childhood bed. This bed is made for a house guest, like, and this room is made up. It still has flashes of uh, Guy, but this is very much a generic hosting room now, I would say. Like a blank for instance, canvas. The Bay the Baywatch FHM poster that adorned my ceiling so I mm-hmm. could um fall Look asleep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In good company. Uh yeah. that's not for some reason that's been taken out of the room. It's an interesting design choice, actually. I would have kept that there if I was um putting up a ceiling. I would have too. It was right next to a gold member poster also on my ceiling. Uh and underneath that was a rat race poster, which was also on my ceiling. I got the FHM poster from a magazine, and the other ones I got from the, the local video store. And isn't that Guy Montgomery's three wants in life? Comedy, but- <laughs> animated animals, and beautiful beach people. Oh, no, it's no, a, no. Ra- he's a simple ra- man. Rat race wasn't animated animals. Rat oh, race- sorry. I, for some reason, my head went to Ratatouille. Yeah, rat race was... Rowan Atkinson was in that, eh? Yeah, he had narcolepsy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's not nostalgic in that it sort of it, it feels like an adult version of where I grew up. But being in Christchurch and be, like being in the house in general, certainly, mm. certainly okay. nostalgic. Certainly right. feel very far removed from all of my responsibilities and adult trimmings in the in the real world outside of this sort of uh, nostalgia bubble. Well, look, we've talked entirely too much about things that aren't we are your friends, so I'd like to get to the meat of the issue and uh, discuss this piece of cinema with you that a man named Maximum Joseph put together with a band of merry men and women, um, Emily Radishkowski. Do you think they were merry? Do you think I that think, it was a good experience on set? Yeah, I do, and I think everyone was bringing a slightly different energy. Allow me to paint you a picture of how it was going, okay? Okay. Johnny Depp. Every day, like a storm cloud, would arrive on set in the grimmest of moods, so focused, so utterly convinced that this was Oscar bait and this was his big break into the industry. And I feel most of the crew, not all, but most of the crew, knew what this film was. It was Zac Efron's flash speedy car to get to the freeway of movie credibility, right? Now, unfortunately, that car did careen off the track slightly. He's all right. He didn't die. It wasn't like a fiery crash, but he did get a little bit beat up over it, a little bit injured, and the the car got fucking totaled. Yeah, probably just like more of a uh, shaky, uh, like terrifying reminder of your own mortality than actually any physical damage done, just that feeling that you have after a a near miss where you're like, whoa. Exactly. Especially because Zac Efron, like every other journey he had taken in a car, had been super successful. He had done... um, he was in a very pretty car called High School Musical that went very well. Mm. Everyone loved mm. that. Um, he had been in some some comedy cars before, like some tiny little minis that barely fit him. And uh, he did pretty well in those cars. Those cars served him all right. And then he jumped in this artsy car and um, it fucking blew up on him. It's no good. So anyway, um, Johnny Depp's coming in dark. Uh, Zac Efron's coming into the set pretty fucking carefree to be honest like a good jovial energy on set he's a guy shaking everyone's hand he remembers everyone's name he's asking about details that you've dropped in conversation previously how's your sister doing have the test results come back yet that sort of a thing Um, now uh, the one inescapable thing on the set of We Are Your Friends is um, uh fucking that's so bad I've forgotten his name that's how hungover I am James Reed from the feelers you cannot wrestle the guitar out of his hands if unless even on the like um lights camera bit he's still got it it's not until a split second before Maximum Joseph yells action that James Reed throws the guitar out of shot explains a lot because that's why he always looks for the first second or frame even less than a second he always looks slightly confused. Yeah. Because he's just a, had to find a place to biff this guitar in a big hurry. I don't... See, this to me doesn't make any sense. Why would he not... If he knows he's going to get rid of it anyway, why yeah. to the last second? Why not? Because he's just married to the thing. He 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 wants to be with the guitar all the time. He sleeps with say, the guitar. I've got to say, in this day and age, I mean, you don't want to get a reputation for being a diva on set. Sure... The kid's got chops, sure, but, I mean, is he irreplaceable in the movie? 
I would say certainly not. I would say very replaceable. But there's something about this sort of artistic temperament that Maximum Joseph really respects. There's, there's something he digs oh, about see, it. Now that is a rookie first directing mistake, right? Isn't it? You you mistake all of like the temper tantrums mm. and attitude problems of your actors or your movie stars as like um, evidence they're a troubled genius, you know, instead, <laughs> yeah. of, instead of seeing these things for what like, instead of seeing just the ongoing destruction of several very expensive guitars, you see someone who's focused on their work and instead of telling them to get the hell off the set because they're being super disruptive and like injuring quite a lot of sound guys, you say, I love that. How can I channel that into my direction? Yeah. But it, it is a great trick, isn't it? That if you can't be good at something, just be big and be bold and you'll trick people into thinking you've you've it's, got some sort yeah, of artistic like if, flair if, and talent. If you can't be good at something, be upset at it, which yeah, suggests yeah. that you expect more of yourself and therefore you are good at it, just not right now. Those people are tiring to be around. I know those people. I work with those people. Sometimes I embody that person and it's just tiresome. It's bothersome and it's tiresome. So the they they were they were a band of merry men and women on set, yeah. Uh, but do you think because they all came in with these different energies and Maximum Joseph did somewhat of a poor job of like reining it in? Like his AD obviously would be like James, we've got to do something about these guitars flying all left, right, and center all over set. Like it's a real <laughs> yeah. dangerous yeah. work environment. Yeah. He's like, no, that's not how I run my set. You know that actors are actors. Yeah. Um. Do you think that because of all these different energies and sort of the lack of a guiding voice maybe to, to, to get them all to see what they're working towards, that the merriment turned towards hostility at any point? Or do you think that they well, somehow maintained... This is the thing about we are your friends. First of all, you've got you to question the premise. Are we friends? Were we friends before? Are we friends now? I think the answer is probably no. Um, because you're asking what the mood became on set. The answer to that is there is no cohesive mood. Everyone is in their own distinct little <laughs> bubble. Hold on. So you're telling me that beyond making his feature film directorial debut, Maxim Joseph also was running some sort of uh, meditation or psychological retreat the whole time they were recording where constantly both the actors themselves and the characters they were playing and everyone working in the crew had to ask themselves whether or not they were friends with the people immediately around them. Yeah, every fucking day. I'll go further as well. I came up with a theory um, about Maximum Joseph while we're talking about him. Um, I came up with it just now. Oh, <laughs> wow, well, good job, Tim. That is this. Maximum Joseph was going home every night. You know how he made catfish, and that would have kept him real busy, right? So we didn't know this, but kind of everything in Maximum Joseph's life was leading up to that catfish moment. And he just was real focused on nailing that. And he, he knocked it out of the park with Minimum Joseph, his friend. And yeah, they yeah. did well. And they were just spending every waking moment, like promoting it and editing it and shooting it and getting the new season done and planning it out. And so Maximum Joseph hadn't actually seen a movie until he got given the reins for We Are Your Friends till he got that contract so he's very quickly been trying to watch as many films as humanly possible oh i've got it hold on my friend my friend said shady's here guy he's oh, i love shady slumber i'll let him in i'll just let him in hold on hey shady hey, are you out of here i am all right oh guy, that's a shame good morning shady and this will just be oh hold on let me put you on speaker so you can say hi to shady everyone else shady is our friend from los angeles he's he's just such a peach Hey, hey, yeah. Shady. Hey, buddy. Hey, did you have a good night in Auckland, New Zealand last night? Yeah. I was oh, talking to the mic. Sh- I don't know how this actually. Put one of these on. Come and sit. Okay. Have a brief chat to go. Uh-oh. What did you What did you do? Put one of these on. Hey. Hey. <laughs> yeah. Have I got a, you? We had a wicked night last night. Hey, that's great news. What did you What did you do? What fun stuff? We got fish and chips. And a fried potato thing and a donut we didn't eat. Oh, tons no. of beer and whiskey. And did you like did you like the fried potato thing? It was delicious, if I may say. I'm it's the best. Natalia's here. Oh. I'm gonna give Natalia a hug. <laughs> I, don't, I, I haven't met Natalia, but I trust we'd get along very well. She's lovely. She's also a peach. And 
I love. I'm so sad to miss you, but I'll be back. So far, New Zealand is incredible. We've been. Uh, yeah, man. Where are you going now? We're we're in town for Christmas with her parents, but you know we went up to, you know we've been to Piha, Pahia, Russell, uh, Lee. Um, oh, then oh doing, baby. Yeah, then we're doing Carmandel, Rotorua, Tapo, Taranaki for New Year. So we're doing a big tour. Yeah, that's you're covering a lot of ground. Yeah, yeah, it's super cool. It's the beauty of this small coastal nation. And so, where so are you going gorgeous. today? Today we're just uh, going to the French market and then Christmas Eve with her parents. So, Ah, uh, you're a class act. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be fun. Tim and I just watched We Are Your Friends. Have you seen that movie? I have seen that movie, yes. What uh, did you think of it? Well, I'm, I'm glad that Tim seems to be enjoying it more than previous seasons. I, I actually, when I heard you announce that, I thought you were going to get bored of it real quick. But it sounds like it's holding up a little. Uh, no, it'd be fair to say we bought, we got bored of it. Like it, it'll happen to anything, but well, no, of course, but yeah, no, I mean, I I struggled the first time. Um, oh, you, you struggled to watch it. You didn't buy into the story. I did not buy into the story. It was very. Uh, what I were your grievances it, with the story? The story. Well, I found all the characters really intolerable, um, which isn't <laughs> which isn't a great thing for a movie. Um, Sadly, I actually know a lot of the crew because it filmed all over LA, um, and they uh, they were eye that's, rolling through every take. Oh, they were. Yeah, that's perfect because Tim and I were just talking about the production elements of the movie and how we thought the general energy was on set. So you mean yeah. to suggest Tim called them a band of merry men and women? Uh, <laughs> would you would you agree with that assessment? I think at a certain point they just had to like buy into it, otherwise uh, they'd be pretty miserable. But uh, yeah, I guess no, they, when you think about it in those terms, like it's the the reality that there are people working on all of these shows and movies, and the percentage of them which come out great is so small. Yeah, exactly. like there's got to be a lot of people who are just having to buy into stuff they actually don't oh, believe God. in because otherwise your life is misery. Yeah, that's why I got out of film because I made like forty movies. Um, you know, as a below-the-line crew member freelancing, I was just taking whatever I could get, and I think two of them anyone ever saw. And then the what other, were those? Well, I, I worked on Taken Two and The nice. Artist, which were great experiences. But uh, everything else, I mean, I had a habit of I've worked on a movie called Lumpy Meth Head. Like I just like it's my resume is just comical. Um, and as uh, <laughs> yeah, Lumpy and Meth Head as a combo certainly sounds <laughs> yep. like you were doing some pretty interesting stuff in your early twenties. Exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> All right, Shady. All right. Back in the chair. All right. Cool. Okay. I was gonna. I was gonna ask you one more question, Shady. He's gonna ask me one more question. He says. So your your experience on say uh, Taken Two is it a lot of like or on say no Lumpy and Method are better examples. Yeah. Is everyone just str- like stressed out and just barely getting by, or they were just like, well, this is gonna be a turd anyway, so we can kind of just lax it up. Oh, it really it really varies. Like a lot of the time, as a below the line crew member, you sometimes get excited about what you're working on. But a lot, especially in independent film, most times it's going to be pretty shit, and yeah. you just kind of treat it. I hate that I'm being recorded saying this. You treat it as a job just to get through it. You know. Um, yeah, yeah. It's hard to care, but then every now and again you get on a project, especially when you're not in control of what you're working on, you get on a project and it's truly inspirational. Like the artist was a great example and it's such a great feeling and you kind of hold on to it because it has to get you through the next 20, 30 projects that are going to be dire. I see. So you tr- you like ration out the nourishment that that gives you to get you through Method exactly. 3, Rise exactly. of the Methods. <laughs> yeah, Rise of the Methods. Uh, hey, well, Shady, have a... And to Natalia, who I haven't met, but as I said earlier, I trust is wonderful. We're having an excellent time in New Zealand. I hope we cross paths. Yeah, I'll see you soon or on the next one. (laughs) Yeah, man. All right, take care, mate. Bye. Bye. All right, Montgomery. You got Timbo back. That's good. I like Shady, though, i got to tell you. (laughs) And it's just so good to have an an American voice on the podcast. Gives it a real ear of authenticity, I find. 
Yeah, have or, a, have or a great th- time at the French market. You too. All of my Christmas love. Come back to LA soon. I'm, I was very hungover thanks to you two this morning. This was a real painful watch. <laughs> Bye, guys. Hey, Tim. It's all about friends, isn't it, guy? Isn't it? Now, do you ask yourself, are you friends with Shady? Are you friends with Natalia? Yeah, I am. Okay, <laughs> there's no, no room for doubt there. Absolutely your, not. Your uh, studio door makes the most satisfying... Clunk? Noise. No, it's sort of the jittery, vibrating noise when you're going to go... Yeah. Uh, to hear it ringing in the headphones was very satisfying. So, um, so Guy, what did you think of the movie? Uh, let, me, twist. let me throw that at you, dude. Yeah, yeah, please. Uh, it's always Let interesting. Let me watch. ask you a question, my brother. <laughs> you, you already have. You, you don't need to ask it again. Um, it's interesting when you watch it by yourself after so long in the warm bosom of company, uh, mm. because you like you become sort of not necessarily tolerant of certain moments, but there are moments which you know might frust- which might rustle you more than me, and then accordingly, I feel some of the rustling, and then there are other moments where it's like. I notice that I notice things, or I just put put. In uh, my absence, do you yeah. get pissed off on my behalf? No, but there are definitely, like I said last week, I think there are definitely always moments where I'm like, I see the movie. I like there are moments that we've shared which can't be unshared, and moments we've seen together that can't be unseen, and so like, uh, moments with like the the nightclub owner, right? The guy who doesn't know that there's an outside to his nightclub. And Where's Prince my five hundred, bro? Yeah, and then prints off the shitty music. He's like, don't play any of the songs on the list. Save Firepower for Mr. Reed. And so to me, every time that happens, he, even when you're not there, he mm. was always oblivious to the fact that he can go outside and then there's a big line of people there. Mm. And the only song that he's printed out that Zicoli's not allowed to play is Firepower. So he says, don't play any of the songs of that list. Save Firepower for Mr. Reed. And that list is literally the word firepower repeated ad nauseum. And so there's stuff like that. But then there's other stuff this week. Like it's a line that's always um, got my attention at the start because Jarhead, you know, at the start of the movie, he's just spitting. He's uh, shitting facts and sweating stats. And he says um, uh, 99% of the people in the world are looking for a party. 1% of people are the party. You got to be that, mm-hmm. and and he says it with such supreme authority and meaning, like he really believes in it. But have you ever noticed that whenever any of his core group of friends like leaves the party to go and do their own thing, it's just absolute panic stations for Jarhead, and it's like, dude, you are not embodying the spirit of the mantra by which he's, you know, supposedly live. Huh? He's looking like in those You're moments he's looking hypocrite. for a party. You're calling him he's a not, big old hypocrite. Yeah, he's not being... I mean, <laughs> no one's beyond reproach, but Jarhead, he just acts with such confidence, right? That's his That's his role. Yeah. Uh, it's crazy to me. That's, he's like, you know when Zakoli leaves and he's running around the bloody club being like, where's... What's happening? Where's, where's Cole? Here's, here's my take on that. I reckon that is a party for Jarhead. Jarhead lives and thrives on stress. And that is his idea of a party, is just like running around like a headless chook, as we say in New Zealand. Just chasing around trying to find his friend. He would way rather be doing that than, than dancing on a dance floor. Not a great mover. Not a natural mover is our jarhead. I see. Squirrel, on the other hand, a gifted dancer. But He's not our jarhead. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah. So, so I've misinterpreted jarhead's version of a good time. Yeah, exactly. I think. I think that's I guess it can be hard if, you know, when people like their thing is stressing out and panic and being worried and panicking. Yeah. I guess I've always been like quite bad at reading that as enjoyment. I guess just because the nature of their enjoyment is to look like they're not enjoying themselves. Mm. Common so misconception. You, yeah. You, you live and you learn, don't, don't you? Don't you? Uh, and like then, so. The other thing I thought in in uh, addition to that with Jarhead was I wanted to see a scene after the pool, after the looking pool when he tackles that guy into the pool and he goes, you want, oh, I got to say it's a humor. You want to know something funny, bro? You're dressed like fucking Hillary Clinton and then tackles him into the pool. And then I just imagine like on the drive home, all he's thinking about is how 
that insult was like fundamentally flawed because in no way was that guy dressed like Hillary Clinton. And so for the entire scene after that, when he rides when he rides home in the car with Squirrel and Zaccoli and Johnny Depp and they're all getting the upholstery all wet and probably yeah, like fuck. quite stingy because it's warm in the valley. So that's going to bake in and it's just going to be a moist smell in the car. So he's probably upset about that. But I think mostly what he's upset about is tanking his punchline. Like great setup, great tackle into the pool, mm. but he's just inconsolable and beside himself that it was like, I got a sense of humor. You want to know something funny, bro? You're dressed like Hillary fucking Clinton. Like, We've said it before, that guy's not dressed like Hillary Clinton, and it's never occurred to me until now that Jarhead knows that. And so I guess what I would have liked to see is just more of a vulnerable side to Jarhead. So I mis- I mistook his vision of partying for stressing out. It turns mm. out those are the same thing. But I think he's he's a thoughtful guy. And in the same way, all of us are upset when we try and insult someone and it doesn't go perfectly, and you think of the perfect insult. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You know, over and over for the rest of the day. Yeah. I wanted to see Jar, like instead of Squirrel and Zaccoli down the beach being like, oh God, we've got crazy friends. I want to see Jarhead pacing around his room, you know, brainstorming other possible burns. What would you like, give that guy? He's dressed uh, in a sports, bla- like a sports coat almost. Like, a blazer. i humor, bro. You're dressed like... Uh, you're dressed like Shaggy from Scooby-Doo at a formal occasion. Yeah, you know, something good. like that. Something pretty snippy, something pretty yeah. punchy. Yeah. yeah. You, the top half of you is dressed like a 16-year-old at his first ball, and the bottom half of you is dressed like a fuckwood on Venice Beach. And then ta- it's yeah. probably a bit wordy. But there is... No, that's good. No, it's Maybe it's the top half of you is dressed like a 16-year-old at his school ball, and the bottom half... Is dressed uh, like the same sixteen-year-old, but at a different social occasion at the beach. Now oh, that is a, spicy, spicy meatball. That is a, and that's a good one. insult because you're calling him a sixteen-year-old twice, but the same sixteen-year-old. That is that is a great burn, and I like the punctuation being the throw him into the pool because there's no rhythm to that joke. It's too long. It's too ungainly, and then it's like he's given up and like. Fuck this! Boom! <laughs> yeah, yeah. And also, I'm stronger than you. Yeah. Not only am I mentally running rings around you, sixteen-year-old twice over, <laughs> but I'm physically capable of beating your sixteen-year-old body into that there looking pool. Guy, this seems like an appropriate um, moment to take a quick breather and hear a message from our lovely sponsor. Ow! This movie's still fine. This week, the worst idea of all time is sponsored by, once again, Audible.com. That's right, your boys done did it. We got a real authentic podcast sponsor, and that sponsor is Audible, which is the largest 
bestest, most um, how? Give me some adjectives, guy. How would you describe the library of audio content that Audible I would has say, at its disposal? Uh, d- I would say deepest. Yes, it, it, it goes deeper. If you're looking for for high quality audio content, your favorite books, you know, podcasts, all sorts of stuff for your ears, these guys go deeper than anyone I know. Unmatched. It's another adjective I would use. This yeah, just- un- unmatched is excellent. Everything, everything. They gave me that one. I, I won't lie to you. That wasn't my word. That was their word. But it is. Well, that's true. You can see why it's their word because um, it's totally appropriate. It's audio books. It's original audio shows. It's news. It's comedy. It's publishers, broadcasters, entertainers, magazines, and newspapers. It's everyone. Everybody is on Audible. I, I'm on Audible. But more on the client-facing end. I'm a user of Audible. And I'd like to make a recommendation this week, which I haven't jumped into yet. But I think it would be a real interesting one over the Christmas period to listen to Steve Harvey's book, Jump. Take the leap of faith to achieve your life of abundance. Because I find Steve Harvey to be a very interesting man. Um, you probably know him from, uh, is it Family Feud? That he yeah, hosts Family Feud, yeah. Yeah, controversial figure. Um, he's, he's a funny man and a great presenter with some very conservative beliefs on certain issues. And oh, every really? Now and then, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Big time, bro. Yeah, you have a Google around. His book is narrated by a man named Mike Hodge, and I'm a little disappointed it's not uh, narrated by Steve Harvey himself, but I still... Am keen to rip into jump, take the leap of faith to achieve your life of abundance. There's there's probably a, a lot of spiritual stuff in there. Good advice from the man himself, Steve Harvey, and you will find that on audible.com. If you go to audible.com slash try now, that's A-U-D-I-B-L-E dot com slash try now, you'll get a 30-day trial membership plus one free download. So you can you can get started. And I tell you what, the holiday season's just a great time to put some headphones in and create your own little little emotional bubble for yourself. That's right. Withdraw from your familial obligations and spend mm. some time learning from the best. And the best is Steve Harvey. And the best is hosted by the best. That's audible.com. Oh, this movie's still fine. And we're back on the worst idea of all time. Um, I've snapped out of it. I was, <laughs> I was in a sponsor trance. It was crazy. It took over. Hey, <laughs> you, you needn't worry about that, Tim, because I've got all sorts of points to raise. Oh, boy. Uh, so <laughs> another thing I noticed in the movie this week, which I thought w- would it makes for an interesting take, is <laughs> when uh, Zakoli's DJing at James Reed's pool party, mm. and uh, Somali comes over and she's like, "You know, this party's looking a little stiff, Cole." First of all, if I was Cole, I'd be like, "Yeah, well, it's your fucking party, so sort it out." Yeah, but uh, it's your shitty friends. But then he instead interprets it, interprets that, and probably rightly so, as a challenge. He's sort of got to prove himself. Yeah. And he's uh, like, "You singing?" He says, "You saying I need to amp it up a little?" And she goes, "You can try, but these people don't dance before midnight." Mm. And I think Zakoli interprets that as a doubling down on the challenge to be like, "Get these people dancing before midnight." Little does he realize that all of these people don't dance before midnight on religious grounds. Oh no. And for him to go to the trouble of making them dance for midnight, sure, yeah. it's going to feel good for them for a second. But as soon as they realize that they've broken rank and they are going to have to spend an eternity in the fiery pits of hell, you know, as decided by whichever religion they follow. What do you think their window is? It's got to be after midnight, but when does it stop? You know, 6 a.m.? Uh, no, nah, midnight to 4 a.m. Yeah. The witch and then there's no like, and then you can still you can still stay awake and and converse, but it's just no dancing, right? Uh, and so, interesting I mean, take on a religion. Is there any other little features of this religion that you know about? Yeah, I I, I know all, all about the religion. Uh, obviously, who do they worship? God, um, but they're like it's that that's pretty much the only boring uniting factor. Well, okay. no, because it's it's all an iteration of God. There's no different name for it. They don't like worship Java like some of our friends. They they worship mm. the idea of God, okay. but it's like uh, almost like Baha'i in that they are welcoming to all people of all denominations and faiths, and they're more about realizing the idea of God or some greater presence. And uh, I guess it's that openness which makes it so weird. They're so strict about this dancing rule. Heathens. Um, well, they're yeah. not that strict because. They're not exactly the biggest club bangers. 
In fact, I go so far as to say a couple of those tracks are clangers. That Coley's busting out there and they're getting their freak on. They want to rebel against this religious institution that they've been inside of for so long. Well, the most confusing element would be after they all dance and suddenly midnight strikes and at midnight they realize that they're already dancing and that's when they sort of you know have to oh. acknowledge their own guilt. Yes. In a in a sort of uh panicked fervor, they all turn to Zakoli the crying DJ as um their new leader of not necessarily a rebellion, but as like a cult-like figure who has has powers that mean that they can forget their responsibilities to God. God. And so accordingly, they start worshipping him. Meanwhile, oh he's still just on the quest to make the perfect song. Mm. So he can't really satisfy their need for a for a. Di- and guy, for- isn't, isn't that life? Isn't that the world we live in? That everyone's on their own path, you know? You got Zakoli just trying to make a hit track. And you got a bunch full of fuckwits, a bunch full of real, real slack jawed idiots. That's the collective noun for a lot of fuckwits. Is yeah, a bunch, a bunch full. Just dancing against their religion and then adopting Zac Efron in a, as their new figurehead. Yeah. In a sentence, you would say a bunch full of fuckwits have deep thrain vombosis. Yeah, that would, that would be. That would be the articulation of this particular episode of the podcast. I um, feel like that hangover's coming coming for me, eh? You know when that uh, happens, you outrun it for a bit, and then it goes... You can't, <laughs> you cannot outrun it. You just cannot outrun a hangover. There's nah, no way. Would, you can drown it, though, and I haven't had enough water, I think is the problem. Um, look, business. Business. I'm all about business. There's business to attend to. Part of that business is the reason for the season, which of course is gift giving. Sentimental gifts, self-serving gifts, it's time for getting, getting sentimental with James, with James Reed. Reed of the feelers. Who's hard feeling all the feelings. Very hard. <laughs> I would say we did not do it once no. again. <laughs> but it I'm, won't stop us trying. <laughs> yeah, I like that. We should really just delegate it to one, but we're like, nope, no, no. it's a friendly one activity day, among friends. We'll get it, yeah. Guy, what's in that MacBook Pro box? I'm, I'm uh, loving you. <laughs> uh, Tim, I'm so glad you asked because yeah. I know exactly what it is. Good. Um, this is before James Reed has been betrayed. This is before he's outwardly discovered that Somali and Zakoli have, um, you know, have gone behind his back and made sweet, sweet love. We assume in Las Vegas Hotel. Two backs. We do not see any P and V. We do not see the impregnation, which later leads to uh, the immortal, uh, yeah, and terrifyingly good-looking Kevin. But um, so, and and we're sort of led to believe that, in spite of this huge betrayal, later on, uh, James Reed's belief in Zakoli as a DJ is so great, and his love of electronic dance music and is wanting to be able to foster and mentor this kid to greatness is so great that he's willing to bury all that and forgive him and give him uh, his opening slot at Summerfest. Which is crazy to me because apart from like making one song and playing it in a nightclub and they were both shit-faced on PCP, there's actually no evidence from James Reed that what Zaccoli's making is any good, right? Yeah. Um, None. And so what... what is in that box is a small USB stick mm-hmm. and what's on the stick is literally the worst song that <laughs> James Reed could imp- imagine being made like right. the w- the worst song oh boy and he gives it to Zakoli and he's like it's actually it's, it's a self-serving gift it's uh it's some DJ it's DJing software but what happens is when he puts that USB into his computer Mm-hmm. Uh, James Reed can control the music that comes out of the computer from his phone. It's like a Trojan. Yeah, so it's like it's not. He didn't do it because he 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 wasn't suspicious of Zakoli, but it was like he's quite a paranoid guy, James Reed, and so he gives him the USB because it's like, look, if he, if it goes to shit, at least as long as he's got the USB, I've got some control over him. Yeah, and so in remembering this, when Zakoli comes over to like apologize and complain that Squirrel died even though the movie didn't deserve to kill off one of its characters. Uh, James Reed's like, you know what? You know, I understand it's you're going through a tough time. And then when he calls up and he's like, look, I think I've got something for Summerfest. James Reed is like, yes. 
Absolutely, you have something for Summerfest. You are totally my opening act. He has not forgiven Zicoli. One jot. That is fucking dynamite. This is probably the best one of these I've heard. This and is so, fantastic. That's it, right. It not only like enhances the plot, it fills in plot gaps. Like, and, how is it that that song is such hot garbage? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Why he's like, is Zach Efron crying? Because he's trying so hard to, like, mix out this 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 turd of a song while he's afforded his one big break in his career. And That's exactly why right. Why would James Reed be so quick to forgive Zach Efron? The answer is, folks, he didn't. He never did forgive him. The dude's he's fucking his girlfriend. Over. <laughs> yeah. And that's why he's so keen to introduce him to everyone at the gig. He's like, you got it. He's like, I'm about to fucking light this guy up this on guy's the biggest name stage is, of his life. His name is Zicoli. Write it down. You're going to need to remember that <laughs> exactly. once you hear this track. <laughs> he had so much fun making the track as well. He was like, what is the worst stuff you could put into a song? Oh, I know. Just recordings of coins on tables from your phone. <laughs> that would be a very funny thing to hear in a song. So he put it in. Yes. Guy Montgomery, you've done it again. I'm so proud of you. I'm so oh, proud of you. I'm proud of James Reed, And I'm disappointed it took us over half a season's worth of watches to finally stumble into this I almost feel like we can, we can retire this pathway now. Like that, I feel like we're at the end of the journey. <laughs> We've reached the destination. <laughs> well, speaking of speaking of business, Tim. Yes. Uh, and you know, incoming, outgoing expenses, uh, exporting, importing. Um, you know, mm. what? I know. Last week, you you had some pretty detailed and speculative theories as to what exactly is going on down at. Uh, the Page Gold Factory. Star Realty Solutions, yep. The Page Harrell Gold Star Realty Solutions Factory. And that is, he's an alchemist. Yes. Because <laughs> um, he's building a supercomputer with gold. Yeah, yeah. He's a, I mean, he's a, he's, a, he's a wild and crazy guy. Mm. I I had another idea. Because what, what was the front? The front was the realty. The front was it was the realty solutions, The front right? is, is the property company, that's right. Yeah. I think he's buried another front inside of the property front. Okay. Uh, I think he's there. he's covering his tracks twice. And it actually ties in quite nicely with uh, the opening sort of question, I think, you you asked at the beginning of this audio essay we're providing, <laughs> uh, which was, who are my friends? Are we your friends? Are you my friend? Yeah. And Paige's business is, in essence, uh Calling up people as their friend. So calling up people, striking a familiar tone. You're not pushing any agenda. You're not talking about anything in particular, but you're just calling up with the illusion of familiarity and friendliness. Mm. Time is money. What you're taking off of these people by doing this is their time. What do you do with that time? You take it to the bank. You bank it as money. Right. So he's, he's taking audio recordings from these phone calls and then... He takes, he collates all of the recordings at the end of the day. He takes them down to the bank. He says, "Here is some of, uh, here is some strangers' time. I would like to bank this as cash." And at the bank, the first time he did that, do you know what they said? What? Absolutely not. These are small cassette tapes uh, with illegally recorded phone calls on them. <laughs> Guy, and you've, do you know, <laughs> you've lost it, mate. <laughs> and do you know what Paige Harrell said? What do you say? You're absolutely correct. I'm sorry. I'm a bit frazzled at the moment working on a supercomputer. And he left. <laughs> he left the bank. Okay. Very good. Very good. So, I mean, it's but not really... you've got to if, try. And that's Paige's yeah. whole ethos. You've got to try these things. You've got to get out there. If you've got an idea, you got to, you got to throw it at the bank. Chuck it at those tellers. Put the ball in their court. See what they do with exactly. it. You know? and, if they, and if what element. they say to you is this isn't money, you have to respectfully <laughs> acknowledge that and say, do you know what? You're right. That isn't money. You're correct. But a micro cassette is not legal tender in this if country. You, if you don't ask, you don't get. That's right. That's fucking right, man. Um, listen, I feel like we're in the closing stretch now. Um, 
I've got to go get in an aeroplane. There's, there's uh, two bits of business, bits of obligation, um, and bits of joy that we need to get to real quick. And that is one of the tiers on our Patreon is that you get a 30-second ad on the podcast if you pay for that. Um, two people have have climbed the mountain to that tier, and neither oh, like of them that. had anything particular to say. <laughs> so they've just kind of said, say whatever. So we now Where's get the- <laughs> 60 seconds to shout them out and say whatever, which makes a huge difference from the last 40 minutes where we've said exactly what we needed to say. Now we can say what we want to say. Oh, okay. Uh, well, Tim, I'll let you take it away. Oh, boy. Um, okay, first of all, let me name the two people. The first person is Maureen Johnson, and let's just talk about her. Let's just talk about gorgeous Maureen. Find Do her you... on Twitter, follow yeah. her, read her books. She's an author. She's it's right. great. Friend she of writes the podcast. young adult fiction. Do you have a young adult in your life? Maybe a grown child who's on the cusp of becoming a young adult. And you think to myself, yourself, I think to myself, I'm always thinking about your kids. I think, God, I wish your kid would read more. And you think, you know, I wish my kid would read more as well. Well, Maureen Johnson has thought that thought and pretty much filled that gap in the market. She writes some of the best young adult fiction out there. Mm. And you can buy it, give it to your kid, watch them grow very intelligent Start outthinking you, outmaneuvering you, start yes. siphoning money out of your bank account, yep. taking control into their own hands. Okay, I mean, maybe it's getting <laughs> this is, see, this always happens, guy. You keep talking and it gets dark and sinister. It always starts at a good place, and we always find a, the other person who's contributed money to, to, to achieve all I'm, the, Look, all, all I'm saying is God. get them one, one book. Do not buy them more than one Maureen Johnson book. Give them, buy them one book. Buy them 13 little blue envelopes, okay? Oh, and boy. then let them read it. It's always so and, convoluted with you, isn't it? And cut them off from any other of Maureen's books because those kids are going to grow very smart very quickly. I would also it, like to say thank you. No, you're done, guy. Yeah, you're done. I was going to say take it away, too. It's supposed to be a 30-second ad. <laughs> Well, this is why they should send us scripts. Yeah, it's true. The other person who's contributed to that amount is is my own brother, John. And I feel like part of it is him just going, look at this power I may wield over you. And I say to him, good job, John. You've done great. Yeah. But then he didn't He didn't have anything to send me anyway. So this is for an those acknowledgement of, that he is my brother and a good man. For those of you who don't know, John dad. Michael Bat was born on the 22nd of September, 1935, and is a no, former Australian jurist. Okay. He was a Court of Appeal Justice at the Supreme Court of Victoria. Uh, he didn't retire from court until 2005. So, John, I mean, God knows That's how you... good innings. Yeah. How we old respect am I? you. Oh, boy. Um, all right, bro. Listen, this is it. I am no. your friend, but I'm also like, what do you want from me? I've got I want guy. you to tell me what plane. you specifically enjoyed about the movie this week. Oh, boy. I can't believe I missed, missed that out. It was actually... See, I used to have really stringent rules about The Shining Light, and now I'm kind of coming over to way, your way of thinking. There is, in the sequence where Zakoli is DJing and it starts going into some slow motion sequences with people um, during the bit where the devotees of the religion, where they can't dance before midnight, but suddenly they're willing to throw that all away for Baywatch's Zac Efron. Um, there's a woman who fucking barrels the camera, and I saw it today and I've never seen it before, and it was glorious. And That is I, good. It didn't even take me out of the film. It was just like, it almost put me deeper in. Uh, She was looking me in the eye and I was like, I see you, you see me. This is cool. I always feel like if you catch them in, especially in these worst idea movies when you're like halfway through, uh, that I always read them looking at the camera as a cry for help from the inside. (laughs) Stop. Like, they're like, if you stop watching this, we can stop doing this acting every week. Yeah. (laughs) Terrifying. Um, it's very confusing. Monsieur. Like, I don't know who's uh, I don't know who's holding who captive. I don't know if the movie's holding us captive or we're holding all of the people captive every week. Um, for me, it's Tim, like a, yeah, that's quite a philosophical question. I feel like we are the jailers. We are our own jailers. Mm. We're all in the same cell. You go. Uh, my shining light is when Zakoli wakes up and starts listening to his phone recordings. Um, mm-hmm. 
he's lying there listening to em- one called Emily voicemail, and then the other one's for the coin are just called Sound Recording Two. Yeah. Uh, and he's lying there in his bed, and there's a shot, like a wider shot of him lying on the bed. And they get a few of those, and as well they should, because watching Zac Efron lying in bed is a, a real one of life's little pleasures. It really um, is. Behind him, he he sleeps next to a window, and the window has like a series of those sort of metallic Venetian blinds, mm-hmm. you know. And there's always three cords on the blinds. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one to go all the way up and down, and there's one to like tilt the blinds downwards, and one to tilt them back upwards, and. They always break, and at the bottom right quarter of the set of Venetian blinds, it's like angled up on the like they don't go all the way down anymore. They're broken, and I thought I can relate to that. So I don't know who I don't know who dressed that. I don't know who dressed that set, but they really uh, they hit a home run then. Fucking hell! You took me on a real journey there, guy. Mm. Congrats to you. And on happy that, to do it. I think we should wrap up because otherwise I'm going to miss a flight. Um, I want to say happy holidays to everybody. Merry Christmas if you do that one. Happy Hanukkah if that's your jam. Um, if you're an atheist humanist, just fucking, you know, do, do you. Do you, Lighten bro. up, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> um, happy Kwanzaa. Um, that's probably happy. the extent of the holidays that I know that happen around this time. It's probably thousands. Uh, Happy birthday to anyone celebrating a birthday near Christmas. May you get two gifts. This movie's still fine. Zakoli One of them dies, that guy's squirrel. One of them's a hothead, his name is Jay. One of them looks like Johnny Depp, and his name is Johnny Depp. Classic Maximum Joseph. You forget that films are supposed to have a point. Thanks for listening to this podcast. If you're thirsty for another, why not try Boners of the Heart? Boners of the Heart. Yeah, your pubes fall out when you get old. That's dope. Perfect for eating puss, right? (laughs) 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 Perfect for munching on some puss. Munching on some geriatric puss. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Fucking get out there and get that puss, geriatrics. Oh, That's God. dope. I hope that there are old people all across the world right now who are just fucking munching on each other's pusses and, and pens. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.